Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What's up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You have come into, stumbled upon, however you do it. You have entered a new episode of And the Podcast Will Rock. We are the show that dives into the discography and the catalog of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamire. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, are the storms rolling in your way like they are here? They are not for the first time in forever. You've had uh, worse weather than we've had. It's been nice and sunny and calm and uh, loving life, sitting on the deck, uh, drinking some Weisers and cranking some Van Halen. Life's a pretty sweet fruit. That is a sweet fruit. I have to, I just have to say, I don't know when or how we pissed off the God of Thunder Thor because he has sent lightning to the same tree twice and twice now that, that tree, that tree has fallen over. Um, and, or at least the branches have, but, uh, at least this time, no cars were damaged or crushed. Uh, whereas the first time, but the second time the power lines were crushed. <laughs> Oddly enough, we, we still had power. Power is still cool. Uh, so now we just eagerly await the people at the electric company to, you know, chainsaw the branches off of the power lines so that we don't have to, and potentially shock ourselves to death. But between uh, uh, Christy and myself, we've decided once that tree is completely gone, it's probably best to just turn the uh, the stump into a Thor altar or something, <laughs> something to at least, uh, you know, say, hey, buddy, whatever you're trying to do, please stop because you're doing more harm than good. And, and look, I've always thought myself as pro Thor. But evidently, I don't know, I, we've done something to aggravate him. Or maybe this is just his way of being really nice and he just doesn't know his own strength. I don't know. But something has got to give. I got it. It's your fault for buying a house that has a Bifrost portal right in your backyard, right where that tree is. I, I thought it would cut down on gas costs when traveling. Man, I'm just trying to be proficient here, but uh, enough about the weather and enough about, you know, the inevitable storm that probably will also give us more, more shit to think about later. Corey, you and I are not alone. Could you do the honor of introducing our guest tonight? It would be my pleasure. And for the first time, it's, it's someone I actually know. Usually we bring the guests on here and they're fans of the band that have requested to be on the show or uh, Eric Senich uh, from the Van Halen News Desk. Or uh, Chris L. from Pot of Thunder, uh, God bless him, was on our show and uh, did a fantastic job. But tonight, we're bringing on an old buddy of mine uh, from right here in Saskatchewan. Uh, actually, if he was still living in the same town as me, he'd probably be co-hosting this show because he is a huge Van Halen fan. I've, I've coached football with him. Um, uh, he's just a really good friend of mine. I know he's a big Van Halen fan. He's been dying to come on the show. Uh, but he's also a little bit pissy, too, because he wants to spin really one of three songs. And he's like, I get to pick the song, right? It's like, no, we spin a wheel. Well, I get one of my songs, right? Like, no, we spin the fucking wheel. But he's coming on here anyway. His name is Brett Cooper. Brett, how's it going tonight, my friend? 
Very, very good. I'm under sunny sky. Well, a little bit of cloud here too. So, Corey, I'm in the same boat as you, enjoying life, deck, cold beverage. So. Yeah. Brett lives, uh, Brett lives on a beach, so uh, don't feel too uh, sad for him. Uh, he's rich. He's got a hot wife. He lives on a beach. He just installed a hot tub. Uh, you suck, but uh, we're glad to have you on the show. Well, my, it's I can important feel the brotherly time. love here. That's right. Yep. Important to spend time with you guys, but as soon as we're done, I'm going in the tub. <laughs> I, I mean, why think. wouldn't you? Yep. Uh, Brett, I got to say, we didn't talk about this uh, before we started recording, but one of the young ladies we coached, in football is on her way to Finland to represent Team Canada uh, in tackle football, Ooh. Chantel Vogel. So uh, there, there's kind of a, you know, Brett and I can puff up our chest a little bit where we coached her for a few years in minor football and now she's going to represent Canada. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, she sent me a text here last weekend and I almost was in tears. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to let me know. And yeah, I was extremely proud of her. And yeah, I'm excited to see how they do in Finland. And also told her to take plenty of pictures and share because, uh, you know, to see see someone follow her dream and be able to represent Canada on that kind of stage is just amazing. It's very, very cool. So uh, football is one thing Brett and I both share and a love of, of good rock and roll. Uh, is another we actually went and saw metallica together uh in saskatoon which is still one of my favorite shows that was an amazing time we've seen def leopard uh, a couple other bands but um one band i've never seen is a band you have seen brett and that's uh van halen maybe tell tell us a little bit about your history with the band well i'm coming into them when i was really young like it was actually one of the very first records i bought um i had both um I think one of the first two records I bought was Queen's uh, record and Van Halen. And that was in, I think it was probably eight or nine and just really, really, really enjoyed it right from the get go. And it just became, you know, a festering glove for myself. Um, you know, my whole teenagerhood, um, you know, sitting up in a third story of our house in the cathedral area in Regina, and you could probably hear my stereo block away just uh, you know van halen as loud as i could go um my very first car you know it was a 60s car installed a tape deck so i could play van halen so it's been it's been a lifelong love for mine how many times have you seen him live uh, just the no did i have i seen him twice yes i've seen him twice so i've seen david and i've seen sammy um but uh it's yeah I actually, Sammy, Sammy was that, well, that album, that For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge tour was just mind blowing uh, to see them in Edmonton and just to, to see that was just crazy. And uh, which tour of Dave's did you see? Uh, was that like a, a different kind of truth? Was it a newer? Yes. Yeah. They got a different kind of truth. I'm just, I got gone to so many concerts lately. I can't remember. Keep track of them all. I've seen Def Leppard. I think more than twice. I think I've seen him three times. Start losing track of it after a while. So, well, I know you were in my my living room when uh, we got a text that Van Halen was going to announce another leg of their uh, Tokyo Dome uh, tour, um, and they were going to hit Regina. And you and I were both very excited. They ended up canceling that whole leg before it was even announced. Uh, I just happened to know some guys in radio that kind of leaked it to me early that this tour was coming. And I remember showing you the the picture and his head, Regina and had the date and we were very excited. It ended up not happening. So I, I missed my opportunity uh, to see Van Halen, but uh, I'm, they I'm, did not experience Regina. They did not telling me they, they probably did in the past, uh, but they certainly didn't on that tour. And uh, 
you know, so doing this podcast is kind of my way of, of uh, rediscovering uh, my love of this uh, tremendous band. Now, Brett, you, I, I alluded to off the hop, there's three songs that you were really kind of adamant you wanted to talk about. Uh, you uh, begrudgingly agreed to spin the wheel and talk about whatever, but maybe tell us the three songs. What are the, you know, which three songs are you hoping to hit tonight? Well, I, my top three that I have that I listen to very frequently and quite often just keep, keep hitting, you know, replay, replay, replay is 5150. Uh, obviously, it was just a, that out that very first album with Sammy. Um, just I love the tempo. I love what they did with that. Uh, I'm the one originally from Van Halen one. Love that song. Dual, you know, guitar solo, some Eddie. Um, just love that song. And then obviously Pound Cake, you know, to see that, you know, that uh, live is, like I said, I, when we were talking about it before the show started, just a goosebumps on my arms um, still. Well, I know that's what Mark has been trying to manifest for a while now. So everybody take a shot. I said it. Take a shot. That's true. Um, that's what we do here on the show. We, we try to manifest at least uh, a song from a particular album that we want to hear or we just the song itself. Um, the song that I want, I have yet to reveal, but I really want it now. And it seems more applicable uh, considering all the things happening uh, outside of the show in our area. So that gives you a little bit of a hint as to which one I'm trying to go with. But Corey, oh, do you have... <laughs> yeah, you might you might know. It, I might have given it away there, but it's fine. Uh, Corey, so. is is there a song or is there a, a particular album? You did mention Four Unlawful, and we have not we, we don't have a ton uh, that we've gone over. I think we've only done one song yeah. from that album what, so far. So uh, yes, exactly. So um, what about you? What say you? Well, you know, what? and because Brett's here, and because uh, you know he's seen the Four Unlawful tour, and. Uh, and I know exactly what song you're talking about, Mark, and it would be very apropos uh, tonight for, for what's happening uh, to our friends south of the border. Um, I'm all down for that. But before we do any of that, Mark, we should maybe talk about uh, uh, last week's song and, and the poll that we ran. Oh, of course, of course. We, we, we cannot skip this. Thank you. So last week, our, our song was From Afar from Van Halen 3. And of course, we asked the listenership, how would you vote? on from afar what dreams are made of or this dream is over and the results are in and it's 66.7 percent. this dream is over 33.3 percent saying what dreams are made of so um 33.3 percent of the people dug that song and and we both kind of said geez that seems high doesn't it it seems it's too high this is this percentage is way too high now i get it i know what you're thinking out there people listening They're like well 66 percent you won by a land no that's not a landslide victory not at all it's almost a 50 50 shot i mean just just barely not there in my in, at least from my perspective 33 percent that i, I mean and come on, come on. What, what are you guys playing at? I don't even think, I no longer think the cult of Mariano is at play here. I think there's something else happening. What is happening? Corey, what's happening? Explain this to me. I don't know what's happening. What do you say we go to the comments we got on that poll and maybe shed some light on the subject? What do you say? Okay. Okay. First up, we have Gene Hickey, uh, who said, it was a thumbs down for me for pretty much the same reasons as everyone else. It just doesn't come together as a song. Hopefully the wheel gives us a better Van Halen 3 song next time. I'm growing a guilty conscience shitting on Gary songs all the time. And I said, amen, brother, because ditto for me. I really like Gary Sharon, and I know there's good stuff on that album. It just wasn't that song. 
everyone just thinks that I'm just anti Gary Sharon. I'm not. I just don't think what we've gotten so far from this album that this is his strongest work. And I stand by that. What we've heard so far is just not not strong. I'm sorry, Gary. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a uh, risky Georgeness, uh, one of the co-hosts of the uh, Metal Gods podcast, who unfortunately uh, is, is no more. They're, they've stopped podcasting. So uh, all our best to uh, to George and Tom on that show. And we're going to have George on the show, on our show uh, here coming up pretty quick. I'm really looking forward to yeah. that. All he tweeted was a gift of Judge Judy saying it's over. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, our good well friends said. at, yeah, uh, absolutely. Our good friends at Sean Geek and the Fast Fret Podcast said, ugh, just ugh, feels unfinished. If a producer came in to take what worked and made them work this out, I feel there might have been the beginnings of a song here, but there's not enough here. Good comments. You're right, Sean. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, Charles Johnson tweeted, as noted as EVH was for hoarding tunes, I think they screwed Sharon over by not bringing in more classic sounding music to Van Halen 3. Uh, What do you think of that comment, Mark? Uh, I mean, I kind of, I, I agree to an extent, but at the same time, uh, it just kind of, I don't know, because I haven't been, I've been kind of lukewarm on the music itself. Um, and then, uh, Gary's addedness to it or lack thereof, if you want to call it that, uh, just doesn't, it, it doesn't make it sound any better. In fact, it just kind of makes the song sound worse because even if, even if this is true, I don't know who that looks poorly on. If that looks poorly on the band as a whole, or uh, or on Eddie or on Gary not being more of like, uh, no, let me do my thing. I don't want to do what you guys want me to do. Let me do my thing. Let let this be a full collaboration. I don't know. Um, but I don't uh, I don't think there's I don't think Charles is wrong here. Coop, I'll send it to you now. Do you think uh, what you remember of Van Halen three? Does that sound like a classic Van Halen, or did they? kind of screw Gary Sharon over by not bringing in more classic sounding tunes. I think he might've gotten a little bit of the short end of the stick on that album. Um, Obviously I think they were trying to do something a little bit different, but that's the only, that's the thing. Like I remember reading reviews every time a new album came out, whether it was OU812 after 5150 or, you know, uh, balance after the previous album and then they and you always hear them saying well that sound that song sounds an awful lot like x you know so they were saying well you know are they running out of material i think gary got a little bit of the short end of the stick i think they try to do some different stuff different sound um you know something different with him and maybe some of the lyrics are just a little bit on the weak side well, and I, I seem to remember uh, Eddie talking about Van Halen 3 as being his, his first like uh, sober album and uh, trying a different thing. So uh, de- yeah. definitely maybe not that classic uh, Eddie Van Halen sound. Uh, let's go back to the tweets. Uh, Brian Peterkin, uh, my Canadian brother from another mother in Ottawa, said, another song I'm very unfamiliar with. We'll have to give it a listen before submitting my vote. Crossing over, never knew it existed. So uh, I'm not sure how he voted. He never uh, elaborated on that, but thanks for chiming in, Brian. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Michael Green, a noted John Mariano hater, uh, says, well, all three of you, I can't believe I'm saying this, had some really valid points today. The song doesn't gel together. John's saying that there is the magic Gary, sorry, John's saying that here is the music, Gary, go write some lyrics and sing the song is spot on. Having said that, I still like the song, love the guitar, like the lyrics, enjoy Gary's voice. It's what dreams are made of for me. You are all right that not everyone likes the same music. Van Halen three fan for life. 
John Marioni, change your damn shorts. And then there's a gif of Philip Seymour Hoffman from Along Came Polly saying, dude, I just sharted. He, uh, this Michael Green fellow really, I, it's tough to get a read on this guy. He's got it in for John and he likes to assume that I, uh, cry like a baby whenever we, uh, roll a, a Gary Sharon. I know. That's just just not the, like Michael, I have to, I'm speaking directly to you now. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. What's wrong, bro? Like why, why, why you come for us like this? Like if you come for John, that's one thing because you know, he, he's asking for it. Uh, you know, as far as I know, I've Michael s- likes me, so I got no problem with him. Thanks well, there you go. Yeah, Michael, yeah, keep chiming in. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I got no problem with Michael. I just, I'm just curious as to his, uh, his, his thinking, his mentality as to where he thinks my mentality is when we <laughs> go through these songs. I think I'm pretty plain when I discuss it, but you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight, and we'll see what happens on the next poll. That's right. Uh, next up, we have uh, from You're All Doomed, which is a Friday the 13th podcast. Mark, I know you're going to like that one. Uh, big Absolutely. horror movie buff. Yeah, it's a great show. Absolutely check out You're All Doomed. I love that pod. Uh, they do. said, uh, for me, From Afar encapsulates what's wrong with the Van Halen 3 album. A few moments of, hey, that's awesome. But too many moments of, ugh, what were they thinking? Very, very <laughs> fair, I think, in that comment. Absolutely. Uh, I next agree up, with it. I agree go perfect uh we have our official friend of the show tar mom brewster uh, who said and i quote i want this whole album to sound better the guitars sound thin and there's no decent bass frequencies to be found even when eddie's playing a six-string bass i like what eddie's playing here except for the first half of the solo which i also agreed with and i pointed out on the show uh that bridge that lyric and the harmonies behind it stayed in my head all day imagine this song same lyric same music minus the first half of the solo sung by dave on fair warning and I would say if it had the same production as Dave, as, as fair warning, I'm on board. I, I think it would be a lot better. What do you think, Mark? I want to agree with it, but I'm having a real hard time picturing it because I don't know. I was, I was just really, really bummed out on this song. Just every step of the way, every step of the way. So I, I, you could be right. You got you, both of you could be right about this and that's, that'll be a fun dream, but I just, I don't know. I just can't picture it. So, so for me, I guess I have to say like, well, agree to disagree. I don't know. I don't even think good production could have saved this song. I don't know though. There you have it. Thanks for chiming in, Tom. And finally, Jonathan P. Todd tweeted, I think Ed could have farted into the microphone and maybe turned out a better tune, but then I remember strung out from balance. I guess you can't fly as high and as far as Van Halen did without some turbulence and i know we were fired yeah (laughs) we we weren't real fans of strung out either uh one of their worst instrumentals but uh yeah uh, jonathan came out guns blazing on that one you gotta say your piece sometimes and that that is his piece and we appreciate your piece that's right absolutely yep and that was from afar from last week's show but what do you say mark it's time to spin the wheel and come up with this week's track we need a track from the fuck album there you go, Brett. Cross your fingers. Here we go. Here we go. And we are going to come up with, oh, it's almost on the one, but it's not going to be. It's going to be Mean Street from Fair mean Warning. Street. You were one away from Ooh. I'm the one from Van Halen 1. Brett almost called a shot. Instead, you we're getting a it. Dave tune from Fair Warning. Man, I'm, I'm not mad about this, though. What do you think, Mark? No, not at all. Uh, but that is funny uh, because uh, our one of our last guests called his shot. It's the first time he's ever called it, and we almost had a repeat of that. That's that's pretty impressive. But 
again, like you, not mad at the choice. <laughs> what do you think, Brett? This is the uh, the first track uh, off of Fair Warning, released in 1981. Um, are, are you upset about this one? You're getting a, a pretty good Dave tune. It was right smack dab between Girls Gone Bad and I'm the One, so that was in a good little pocket there. So Yeah, there you go. Um, of course, this album, uh, again, produced by Ted Templeman, released uh, April 29th, 1981. Um, everybody loves Fair Warning. I know we've done dirty movies off this one. Um, this is our second uh, Fair Warning track. The big hit on here, obviously, was Unchained. Uh, but mm -hmm. Mean Street is one of those classic uh, Dave songs that diehard uh, Van Halen fans are going to tell you. Th this is maybe top 10 Van Halen. There, there are a lot of people who tune into the show who I, I recall a lot of them very much looking forward to us doing Mean Streets. That's that. This is the one. This is the one they've been waiting for. So you guys, we've done it. So hopefully we give you an episode you can uh, you can celebrate. Now, Brett, do you have any recollections of, of Mean Street from way back in 1981? Yeah, I do. Actually, I like the way this album started and ended because uh, Mean Street is a good song. And I like the, the because it was the number one, like it was the very first track on the album. But even One Foot Out the Door um, was a great way to end the album. So i quite a fan of Fair Warning. Fair Warning is, yeah, it's a fantastic album. And uh, Unchained is one of my favorite Dave tracks of all time. And hear about it later. Uh, one of my favorite deep yeah, yeah. cuts uh, from Van Halen. What do you say, boys? Should we uh, should we spin some mean street here tonight? Let's get mean on these streets. All right, here we go. <laughs> Now that is just a classic Eddie Van Halen intro. You got the finger tapping, right? The nice slow interlude with the finger tapping. Uh -huh. And then just as a non-guitar player, and I know Brett doesn't play guitar either, but Mark does. We're sitting there I know I'm thinking, how the fuck is he doing this? <laughs> he, uh, it's, it's aptly named even from the start because he's taking his fingers uh, for a walk on the fretboard uh, on these mean streets. So that is, I mean, yeah. If you're going to get a, a rip roaring Eddie intro, not even a solo, just an intro to the song, which he, he's very good about doing. This is certainly one to make a statement. Um, just, yeah, just a series of finger tapping. And then, uh, you know, I'm a fan of the dive bomb. And he gave us just a little bit of a taste of that, uh, that dive bomb fade out into the, uh, into the sunset, as it were, until, until we all come back and it just collapses in rock fashion. Ooh, I'm so excited. Brett, what did you think of that intro? It's one of his, it's one of the meaner, we'll call it meaner ones. It just, it's, <laughs> it had meat to it. And I like, cause it does, like Mark said, it, he does so much there with the finger tapping and that, and then it's almost like that uh, groovy rhythm to start into the song. Cause it kind of leads into that. Da -da 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 -da. And it, I like, I like how it led into the song. Very much. Uh, mean street, uh, I think it's considered a deep cut, but for Van Halen fans, it's not. This is easily one of the more popular uh, album cuts. Uh, and I believe they played this in 2012, and, and uh, Wolfie actually got to do some guitar tooling with his dad uh, on this track. So uh, I, I just got to awesome. picture them on stage having fun 
uh, blasting mm -hmm. this one out, but uh, we're coming up to the, the meat of the song here. This is where it gets really good. different harmony uh, from early van halen right we're usually used to getting that michael anthony high harmony uh they're nice and low in the register here on the this is home this is me street what do you think mark yeah he's not uh michael's not going for like the the upper how so to speak i know when i say how i'm not talking about how dave does his typical how i'm just talking about uh when michael michael reaches for that high note whenever you guys hear the high note in the harmonies it's michael let no one say anything different it's michael doing it uh friend of the show michael <laughs> uh, but uh I, i'm just gonna keep saying it until it actually happens uh but yeah and speaking of michael he is also kind of taking his base for a little bit of a walk there at the uh at the beginning um he's doubling what what eddie is doing on guitar and uh that's i mean it just it provides that particular riff uh, some extra thickness, if you will. Um, it's meatier. It's exactly like it's exactly what Brett said. It's meaty. There's a lot of meat going on right now. Like uh, there's a lot of meat on these mean streets. Um, and I, yeah, that's that's what I got so far. I know Brett used the term dark. It's kind of nasty too, isn't it? With, with you know, with just kind of the the baseline and, and the way the song kicks off. Uh, it's got a great mm -hmm. little groove to it. Well, actually, the, the, this song is a perfect example of me of like it's showcasing everything because like you know, everybody always thinks like or Eddie's always been voted you know at the top of his game and guitar and what he you know all of the stuff that he you know he invented or brought forward just because you know obviously he, he played with guitar so much but Alex I put him up almost against any drummer ever um, like from his double bass to you know the I, I read something somewhere at, at one time because everybody always talks about Eddie and his brown sound. And I remember reading an article or something and Eddie said he coined that because of the snare, the snare sound of Alex was where he got that brown sound um, comment from. But this one is just one of those songs like you can hear Alex and it's just the, 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 the drum under, underneath this is just, I, I love the groove of it. And we mm -hmm. talked about that snare sound. It's iconic, uh, especially yeah. to, to drummers in rock and roll, right? Everybody can can guess. Once you hear that that snare, you know it's an Eddie Van Halen, or uh, sorry, Alex Van Halen. It's Alex. Oh, yeah. And it just, it, some of his off-tempo stuff, like it's just amazing to hear him hear him, hear him play it. I, I call it, when I hear his bass quite often on some of his songs, like, uh, oh, trying to think of it, Hot for Teacher, it's almost kind of a galloping double bass. Mm -hmm. um, it's not oh, just yeah. a, a total, it's not speed. Um, it's kind of the galloping, but it's just, yeah, his offbeat stuff is amazing. When the brown sound comes around, go change your pants, but continue yeah. rocking out. And we shall.
and lyrically, where do you think uh, Dave's going with this? Obviously, he grew up in kind of an opulent home. His dad was a doctor, and you know, grew growing up in Newcastle, Indiana, going to L.A. and Pasadena, and, and kind of dealing with. Does that kind of maybe inspire uh, his lyrics here? I'm glad you brought that up because I was of two minds here. One, <laughs> my my initial thought reading this and listening to Dave and knowing what we know about his his backstory. Go, what you know about mean streets, Dave? <laughs> but but at the same time, it's like, okay, forget that. Let's just, just focus on what the song is. Lyrically, I'm gonna say it. I get I'm giving Dave full props because he is 100 percent telling a story with this uh with this particular song lyrically. It's kind of the way I felt about running with the devil. He's he's giving you uh, an idea of of what the song is about lyrically. He's painting you a word portrait, which is what you're, you know, that's the intention. And this was painting a word portrait, whether or not Dave in his real life knew what it meant to be on quote unquote mean streets, being the son of a doctor and you know, all that jazz, what irrelevant, he is still, he, he's got the mindset, uh, uh, down and he's got the lyrics down the way he, uh, is envisioning it. And I've got a clear picture in my brain, thanks to it. So I think this is one of his better ones lyrically. So there you go. I'm not shitting on Dave's lyrics this week. <laughs> kind of reminiscent of Chinatown a little bit, uh, which of course came out way you know 2012. <laughs> but but it, that one was that one was less clear as far as like the the, the portrait he's painting because I'm still not uh, for sure about what, exactly what that's about. But uh, you know that's that's whatever. Coop, what do you think about uh, David Lee Roth as a lyricist? Where does he rank for you? He's up there. Like when I was listening to you guys, and I'm watching, I'm watching the lyrics go by and on the screen, and this one almost seems to me. And again, I might be getting a little bit too into into it right off the hop here, but it was almost like it was, maybe it's just talking about the band, like what they've had to put up with. Like it's you know hunted into the hunter, um, you know, only thing they've known. I I think it just might be just a little bit of the band and what they have to deal with. You know, like they come off a highly successful um, Van Halen one, you know, Van Halen two. How do you follow up two very, very successful albums? I don't know. Well, then women and children, uh, everything kind of waned a little bit. I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. When, when you look at, at album sales, women and children uh, still did very well. Uh, especially at the time, uh, what it did in the states, three times platinum, so three million uh, units, uh, two times mm -hmm. platinum in Canada. Uh, but then, uh, fair warning, uh, dropped even further, two times platinum, and yeah. only uh, uh, platinum uh, in Canada with a hundred thousand units sold. So, uh, album sales kind of drooping a little bit for the band, even though I think uh, as a live act, uh, their their repertoire was certainly going up. So, oh. kind of an interesting oh, yeah. uh, interesting spot in the David Lee Roth era for Van Halen. want to really quick on the mix like you know uh, on last week's episode we're like where's the bass it was even eddie uh -huh. playing bass and you couldn't hear it right here you got michael anthony front and center with a little dude, dude and uh alex is on the hi-hat just fucking killing it and, and eddie's doing his thing like the band's cooking on this track it's a it's a song that cooks this is absolutely this is a uh well I'll, I'll i'll save that comment for for uh, later but uh yeah no i'm i'm right there with you it's it's kind of funny 
it's kind of funny that uh, once you get Michael in the mix, he's in the mix, you know, and just let him be, let him do his thing. Um, you know, no disrespect to Eddie, but we have gone over a few tracks where it's been like, is there no bass in this song? Or like, is, is, is it, I know Eddie's playing bass on this track, but what's, what's it, what exactly is he doing? Doesn't sound like he's doing anything. Or maybe the producer just said, yeah, I'm just going to turn that knob down. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. It's all good. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this, everybody's front and center. Everybody's doing their job, but it's a cohesive unit. Yep. Uh, uh, Brett, we'll get your comments on Michael Anthony. And uh, he was doing a lot of great bass work, especially on the on the little chorus there. Uh, you had a little uh, kind of almost like a bass solo uh, for a little bit there where he was able to kind of show his chops. And I always appreciate it when Michael Anthony is just able to kind of play uh, because he's a fantastic bass player. He's he was an unsung hero of the band. Like he like seeing him live when he's wheeling around the Jack Daniels and you know running all over there all over the the stage to like you guys had spoken about before. When you hear that high octave, you know it's Michael because um, mm -hmm. he's the only one that could really reach that. Um, I don't think he get got or getting he got as much credit as he could have for the bass work he did because um, you're always you know overshadowed by Eddie and you know even you know when they weren't maybe talking necessarily or all friendly and buddy buddy you know I think there might have been the odd comment from Eddie and Alex to Michael's playing but um, he he to me was an unsung hero of the band. Mm -hmm. I agree one hundred percent. Agreed. All right, your thoughts on the on the guitar solo there, Mark? He's not going above and beyond because he doesn't have to. What he is doing, and say it with me, folks. This is you can also drink to this because I'll say it at nauseum every time when it occurs. He's playing the solo to fit the song. He's not playing the solo to overshadow Michael, to overshadow Alex, or overshadow David Lee Roth if even a thing was possible. Uh, he is simply playing a solo that fits the riff, fits the the entire uh, uh, the, just the musicality of what they're bringing to the table. He's is he showing off a bit? Well, sure, but that's what a solo is. You get to show off. That's why it's called a solo. Uh, it's you. It's just you up there doing your thing. This is not one that is over the top. This is one that fits. You know, he could go over the top, but uh, he's choosing to just give you just a little bit more uh, flavor, if you will. Uh, what do you think, Corey? It's Eddie Van Halen. I know Brett's got uh, Brett's got thoughts on on Eddie Van Halen. Uh, you always considered him kind of an average guitar player, didn't you? <laughs> 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 uh, I just read Guitar World's uh, thing on Twitter. They had it posted on Twitter where they had. Uh, voting and it, the final was uh eddie over dave or brian may um uh, was just up on twitter here i was just reading it before i joined you and it was yeah there is only one eddie there will be only one eddie i was in mourning for a few days a couple years ago even my kids messaged me to see if i was okay um because i have been a eddie fan forever 
I've got a huge framed picture of him and, and Eddie memorabilia in my office. Uh, you know, I'm getting a friend of mine to make a stained glass Frankenstrat um, to hang in my office. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think I probably explained my love for him there. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably enjoyed that solo as much as Mark and I did. Oh, any yes, there's some times where he can get a little a little overdone, but yeah, he all more often than not he put the right solo in the right song, whether it's this one or you know offer teacher or I'll wait or you know the list just goes on and on. I like what he does. Like he he wasn't afraid to try something a little bit different. He knew he had the speed. He knew he had the different sounds that he he played, uh, and he loved to play around while he played. And uh, this is an example. It just it fit the song, like Mark said. That's one of the most famous uh, <laughs> lyrics in, in Van Halen history. <laughs> Lord, strike that poor boy down. Everybody just bust out smiling once Dave sang that. That was amazing. That's great. I And I love the uh, the decrescendo of this this little segment here where it just gets gets real low. Everyone's like, we're still, it's almost like a, uh, it's almost like a, a, a call and response sort of chant because you, you got the background vocals, you know, the boys, doing this is home this is mean streets and then you got day front and center uh continuing the story that he's telling you know but you still have that through line of the background vocals going like this is home this is mean streets and then he's just gonna like build and build and build until he finally lord strike that poor boy down that's good that's good songwriting that's good uh it's and it's also it's nice to have uh dynamics in your rock song that that separates the the men from the boys the children from the adults i think i tell you uh brett uh, i know you wanted a, a particular three songs but i can't imagine you're too upset that we rolled me oh, tonight any actually like i said there's very little that you know i might not be up as much on a different kind of truth and and van halen three because i you know i don't play the albums from start to finish but any of the other albums I've I probably have listened to them a hundred times over if not more that this is actually my favorite part of the song like I know the intro to the song is is iconic as well but like Mark said the harmony a little bit of storytelling a little bit of that bass a little bit of Eddie just you know quietly you know just kind of strumming away um and uh, just that Alex and 
Alex and that beat, this actually for me is a fa my favorite part of the song because it brings into that crescendo at the end. Good Lord, strike that poor boy down. Here we go. Poor boy. If you have that cranked up in your car, Corey, cruising, I bet you anybody that you drove by would know who was playing without even the lyrics. Guaranteed. And that's the sign of a great band. Like you mentioned Queen earlier. You know when you're listening to a Queen song, whether it be Brian May's guitar or Freddie Mercury's vocal, Van Halen is the exact same way. Mark Meyer, that's Mean Street, released as a single in 1981 uh, with Push Comes the Shove as the B-side. Uh, fair warning. Uh, did not sell overly well, but I think amongst diehard Van Halen fans, this is one of their top albums. So uh, what did you think of this track? Well, if we're just going to go ahead and get right down to it. Well, that's what we do. And yeah, did I show my hand early? Of course I did. But why wouldn't I? Because I was feeling it. There's a reason why this song uh, sticks out amongst the diehard fans is because this song deserves to be, I think, in the discussion for uh, uh, if you're going to do a, a list of top Van Halen tracks. Um, I don't know if it belongs in the top 10, but I would put it in my personal top 10 for sure. Uh, but it definitely d belongs in the discussion for one of their top tier songs this is just good this is one of those prime examples that we talked about before you get every single thing every bit of van halen that makes them great you get it you get in the song every little every bit of it uh it's a feel-good rock tune uh the the riffs are cooking the the rhythm section is just is on fire everyone's doing their part eddie is uh, while he's not going over the top with his solo as i mentioned he is still playing a solo to fit the song he's giving you that eddie flair it's just like running with the devil the solo he does in that song is not the most outstanding solo but it's still great and it's still eddie and you know if he can do a solo that you might think is just okay. That's still a whole lot better than most people's solos when they really, really want to uh, try and be transcendental, if you will. But that's just the testament to the kind of musician that Eddie is. This is absolutely what dreams are made of. I really think people need to talk more uh, in a, um, in more, more of a mainstream sort of audience. They need to talk about this song being one of the top tier Van Halen songs. At least I think they do. That's how I felt uh brett you're our guest how do you feel about uh mean streets was it too mean and the dream just died and it's over or do you want to continue walking those streets and find out uh if it's what dreams are made of i'm gonna go with you and your thumbs up mark um for me there's always two or three songs in every album that i gravitate to 
and when we spoke about it a year earlier, Mean Street, Unchained, One Foot Out the Door, those are my top three songs from the album. Um, I love, like I said, it, this one kind of showcased everybody. Michael, Dave in the storytelling, Alex and his drums, Eddie, and you had spoken about the the, the solo. I was reading something here this past week where Eddie was voted the number five rhythm guitar player of all time, and everybody was slaughtering it on, and they said, well, wait, you, quite often guitarists are known as either great rhythm guitarists or great lead guitarists, and you don't have to say anything about Eddie and his lead guitar, but they actually said how much of a, how much of a, of a, uh, Oh, claiming for Eddie it was because not often do you have strength in both and to be of all time the number five um, this song when he's just sitting back there just you know strumming along you know and just everybody's doing their thing I it was a perfect example for me so for me like you said I'll I'll give I give it two thumbs up it's one of the best songs on on the album for me all right. Well, you <laughs> fucked up the format of the show. I got to play the clip before you start talking about it, jackass. So I'm going to play it now. <laughs> You're never coming back, even though I agreed with every fucking word you said, especially about the rhythm guitar. <laughs> I'm a rookie. A rookie. I'm a rookie, man. We didn't <laughs> warn him. We didn't warn him. I, I told him before we started recording. Him. I also didn't know you guys could swear, so I'm very swear. much oh, a rookie. Yeah. And then you, I say for unlawful carnal knowledge, and you both guys say, "Well, it's the fuck album." Yeah, we need so that album. Fuck album. Song on fuck, yeah. But <laughs> even though Brett totally fucked up my show, uh, you know, he's been ruining my life for for ten years now. I agree with almost every word he said. I thought that was an interesting article too about rhythm guitar uh, versus lead. He played a little rhythm guitar uh, on this, and li listen to his uh, rhythm on a song like Pound Cake. Uh, you know, that, that tells you all you need to know about Eddie Van Halen as a oh, rhythm guitar huge. player. He absolutely belongs oh, yeah. on that list. Uh, but I'm, I'm still going to vote, and I'm still going to play the goddamn clip, and it's... Three for three, and how can you vote against Mean Street? If you're a fan of Van Halen or a fan of music, a fan of rock music, th there's, there's no way this song isn't 100%. Uh, on the poll, uh, Cult of Mariano, be damned. Uh, this is a classic Van Halen track. And actually, and I was doing some research as we we're listening to it, an older Van Halen track. It was actually recorded as a demo called Voodoo Queen and had a completely different set of lyrics. Uh, you can find that in its original format on the uh, band's Warner Brothers demo. Uh, but it was reworked as Mean Street for fair warning. Uh, it was played uh, over 200 times in concert. I believe the number is 251. Uh, only five times on the uh, a different kind of truth tour, but man, I it is actually on the uh, Tokyo Dome live album, uh, so fans should actually uh, check that out too. But I'm kind of shocked that in 2012 2013 they didn't play this more. That is kind of shocking, but what's not shocking is that uh, they made the right call changing the format from its original uh entity because you're on. not into Voodoo Queen, <laughs> I mean, well. I didn't say I wasn't, but as for a Van Halen song, probably not. I think Mean Streets works better. There you have it. I think uh, David certainly grew, uh, grew as a lyricist from those early days, even going into Van Halen 1, to where he was in Fair Warning, which uh, oh, again, yeah. their album sales were declining, but as a band, arguably, they were getting better. 
I 100% agree with that. And uh, yeah, and I'll give it to Dave. He was very, very capable of writing lyrics that were not nonsensical. Um, but then, you know, sometimes he'd fall back into that trap, but that's okay because, you know, he's, he's Diamond Dave. What do you expect? This is not me hating on Diamond Dave and his ability to write lyrics or sing. Like, obviously, I'm a fan. So I just feel like I have to clear that up every single week. <laughs> but so let it be known. But, but there it is. And I think it quite often happens when you have a band that's trying to grow, like you, some of the biggest bands, when they try something different, they quite often end up, you know, the general public, well, that's not the sound. That's not what I, you know, that's not what I remember from their first album. And sometimes they end up do suffering a little bit in sales or whatever, but from a, from a true diehard fan, like you guys said, like this is some of their best stuff. You know, because they, you know, they're diving a little deeper in the lyrics or trying for some different things. They're playing like they always love to do, just tinkering with, with different stuff and seeing what it works. And yeah, kudos to them. Oh, and this is such a great album. Like if you haven't spun Fair Warning in a while, uh, do so. Because you go from from this uh, into One Foot Out the Door, which is one of the best one-two punches I remember from the Van Halen era. Like that's such a fantastic song. Uh, then you get into songs like Center Swing and then Hear About It Later, which is probably my favorite track off that album on an album of standouts. That, that's the one that stands out to me. And we're not even talking about the single that everybody remembers no. from this album, which is Unchained. So <laughs> an absolutely fantastic, even one of the better instrumentals, Sunday Afternoon in the Park uh, is off of this album. So um, I, I'm really hoping that the, the, the polls this week are like 98% what dreams are made of. It's, it's got to be right because Mean Street is an absolute bona fide Van Halen fucking classic. Oh, you my sweet summer child. You, d- you do not underestimate the, uh, the, the power of the Cult of Mariano's, uh, uh, what do we call it? Their um, contrarianism, con- contrarianism, whatever the word is. Is that a word? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it is now. Brett's educated. He could let us know. What's that word? What is that word, Brett? <laughs> I mispronounced Smith. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I well, we can't help you for that. I'm very glad he's here uh, for the show here tonight. <laughs> I'm very glad we split, we rolled an absolute uh, Van Halen classic for you here tonight, Brett. Uh, what do you say? Uh, as long as 5150 pound cake and I'm the one on the wheel, will you come back at a later date and maybe try and spin one of those? I This has been awesome. I want to thank you guys for letting me join. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And uh, hopefully you'll have me back. Uh, I will wait next time and give you my vote after <laughs> so that I don't fuck up your show for you. Um, but no, it's been awesome. You guys have been great. And just doing something I love to do and it's just talk about Van Halen. It's one of the finer things that we uh, we get to enjoy in this podcasting space. That's why we do it. We're fans. We're not experts. We're not musical historians. I feel I have to clear that up every week as well. We're just <laughs> fans who enjoy listening to awesome music and talking about it, and that's what we're here to do. Uh, Brett, uh, again, thank you for being our guest this week. And if uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? Do you have your s- social medias if in case that people want to find more of you? No, actually, I'm a pretty laid back kind of uh, guy. I don't have a whole bunch of social media. I'm just a diehard fan that just loves music. Um, always have, always will. It's my avenue. It's my stress relief. You know, if I'm 
driving, golfing, whatever, you won't find music very far away from me. And my playlist is uh, predominantly VH. Um, it's uh, a, a huge part of my playlist, whatever playlist I've got going on. So, um, no, just really thank you guys again. It's been awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, Corey, where can the good people find you? They can find me at CD Morissette on Twitter. Uh, they can find the show at podcast will rock and www.podcastwillrock.com. And you can find us as part of the deep dive podcasting network. And we have a bit of news when it comes to deep dive podcasting network. I, I mentioned earlier, our friends at Metal Gods Podcasting, the Judas Priest Show, uh, have decided to, to call it a day and, and go their separate ways. So we wish them all the best. And I mentioned that uh, Risky Georgianist is going to be on our show very, very soon. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, but fear not, uh, because uh, Tom, who is on that show, uh, actually started a new show uh, with somebody that we know very well, Mark. He, he was on our show. Greg DePasquale was on the yeah. uh, infamous um, How Many Say I episode has started uh, a podcast with Tom uh, called So Far, So Pod, So What? And it's all things Megadeth. And I know you're a big metal guy, Mark, so uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to checking that one out. It'll be an interesting one. I'm sure they're going to give me a lot of info that I didn't know about Megadeth. They're one of the big four of the thrash, uh, the, the thrash movement. But I'll admit my knowledge in a lot of Megadeth is, is limited. If I'm going to listen to one of the big four, it usually tends to be metallica uh and then uh, in the recent years some anthrax but you know you never you never disc discount uh megadeth or slayer it's the big four so there you are uh but i am looking forward to hearing that uh having greg on our show getting a, a feel of how <laughs> how that dude is how passionate he is about talking about certain things involving music i'd be very very curious to hear this show so looking forward to that you guys should check that out uh, and you can find me at Mark the Bat on Twitter and Instagram. Come at me and yell at me uh, or say nice things to me. I accept all, all of that. Um, and that's and that's it. That's the show. That's what we're doing. Once again, thank you to Brett for joining us. Uh, we'll hopefully have you back for an even uh, uh, an even more killer track. But it's not up to us. It's always the spin of the wheel. Yes, the wheel is real. No matter how many times we tweet it out, people still think it's false. It's real. The we, we only go by what the wheel tells us. We spin it and we talk about the song. That is how the show works. So thank you for joining us. Uh, if this is your first time, hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Uh, it would be really great. It will help us out. It will help us expand to the masses. More people need to hear about the things we have to say because we're talking about a band that everybody seems to enjoy van halen is universal that's why we're here that's why you're listening it is the way of the world that's the show we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later later